This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. And a very good Erev Shabbos to all of you. Wonderful to be back after a long festival of Pesach. And I hope that all of us have achieved a degree, a large degree, of personal liberation and freedom, that the Pesach Yantuf was meaningful, that it touched us in places where it should touch us, that elevated us to an understanding of what it means to be a Jew, what it means to be a free Jew, what it means to be an individual who is not limited or constrained by all the challenges that somehow hold us back in life, but to go forward with a sense of purpose, with a sense of joy, with a sense of clarity, with a sense of doing that which is correct, that which is right, and knowing that one is doing the will of God in the fullest sense of the word. And while an entire week almost has gone by since the end of Pesach, nonetheless, we celebrate with a tremendous degree of joy because we're still very much in the month of Nisan, a month of miracles. And miracles basically mean that we understand things differently, we see things differently, we go beyond the ordinary, we open our eyes wide and we begin to see the divine presence, the holiness within us. We begin to see a world that is altogether different. A miracle is not only where God intervenes and changes the natural order of things, but he exposes us to an understanding of a greater divine presence. And this is something which is important for us to understand. The month of Nisan, the month of miracles, the month that we are able to see things differently. We're able to see things with a sense of clarity. Our eyes are open In the deeper sense of the word, our eyes begin to see that which is normally hidden and behind the scenes. We begin to see the hand of God, the action of God within the concentration of the natural order. And this is why this Parsha, this Parsha is a very special Parsha, the Parsha of Shmini, which means eight. And there's a saying, of course, that Shmini, Shmona, Shmena, when the Parsha of Shmini is read eight times as it was this year, eight times including Shabbos afternoons, Mondays and Thursdays. Um, Of course, only the first portion is read, but eight times we began reading the Parsha of Shemini. So Shemini Shmona, when Shemini is read eight times, Shemina, it'll be a year of fatness, of fullness, a year of great prosperity materially and spiritually, a year that will be blessed by the Shmini dimension. It will be blessed by the eighth dimension, something which is extraordinary. And we've often discussed the idea of eight. The idea of eight is not merely another number. The idea of eight is a symbolic number which introduces us into the supra-rational, the higher than ordinary. We go beyond that which we normally do and live in and live with. We go beyond the limitations of the seven, seven, the seven days of creation. Creation is the natural order, the natural order that God put into place, the natural order which is the extension of God's action in the world, but he clothes it within a construction that is natural. And what we see is not the miracle. We don't see the hand of God. We need faith in order to see that. But it's there. And what is the eighth? The eighth goes beyond the seven. It is something which elevates us to an altogether different level, the eighth dimension. And this is why so many important aspects of Judaism deal with the number eight. Eight, of course, is the eighth day when a Jewish boy has his brit milah, his circumcision, the time that his covenant with God becomes permanent. It becomes a symbol within his body as well, because the covenant with God goes beyond 
reason, beyond rationale, beyond human understanding. Human understanding is great and powerful, but it's limited. It's something which is limited to the capacity of the human being, to the capacity of the human dimension, whereas the eighth, eighth is something which goes beyond reason. It goes beyond faith as well. It enters into a dimension of infinity, which is symbolized by the number eight. And this is why the harp of David had seven strands, seven strings. The harp of Mashiach will have eight strings because sound will change, sight will change, color will change. Everything that we are normally connected with, all the senses will be heightened to such a degree that we will begin to see and hear and feel things altogether differently because with the coming of Mashiach, when we enter into the eighth dimension, the entire construction of creation will dramatically change into a totally different reality. And this is the Parsha that we read this week, the Parsha of Shmini, the eighth day. What happened on the eighth day? The Parsha begins by telling us, Hashmini, and it was the eighth day, it was the eighth day of the inauguration of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle in the wilderness. For seven days, Moshe erected and dissembled the dismantled the temple, the Mishkan. And for seven days, they went through the entire procedure of the activities that had to take place within the temple, but they didn't see the divine presence, the divine fire did not come down, whereas on the eighth day, Moshe erects the temple, and it remains that way, and the Jewish people suddenly see the divine fire coming down upon the altar, recognizing that God has allowed his presence to enter into the temple that the Jewish people had built, and they realized and recognized that they have now entered an entirely different dimension of the relationship with God, an entirely different dimension of the relationship with themselves, with the world. They have entered into the eighth dimension. This is the eighth day, the great eighth day that changed everything in an altogether different sort of way. What happened on the eighth day? The eighth day, of course, as I said before, the Mishkan, the tabernacle was established, it was erected, it was not dismantled. It was something that now became the absolute symbol of God's presence in this world, the God's presence among his people, God's acceptance of this great, great act of devotion and loyalty that the Jewish people displayed by building the house of God. And this is something which is the eighth day. And as we look through the Parsha, as you've often heard me say, the name of the Parsha symbolizes the entire Parsha. Whatever is contained within the Parsha is actually an extension of the name of the Parsha. The name of the Parsha gives us insight into every single detail of the Parsha. And as we look closely into the Parsha, there are two significant elements in this Parsha. On the eighth day, of course, that's the introduction. That is first and foremost, that's the foundation of the Parsha. That is the establishment of the Mishkan, the presence of God, the divine, the eighth dimension, the miraculous dimension. Everything is there, everything in its place. And then tragically, suddenly, tragedy strikes. The two elder sons of Aaron bring a strange fire before God, and they are consumed. They die because they entered into the Holy of Holies, something which they could not and should not do. It's a place that only the high priest is able to enter 
once a year, but they, in a moment of great spiritual ecstasy, wanted to express this tremendous sense of greatness of spirituality, of the overwhelming dimension of God's presence, and they did something which they shouldn't do. They entered into the holy area, something which was off-limits to them, off-limits to everybody, even to the high priest, unless, of course, it's the day of Yom Kippur. And this tragedy kind of mars the entire celebration It's the eighth day. Everybody is full of joy and excitement. The presence of God is felt. The presence of God is seen. The divine fire came down upon the altar, and everyone recognized and saw the greatness of God. And yet comes this moment when everybody feels this is a day to end all days, the relationship between the Jewish people and God, the acceptance of God of the Jewish people, the acceptance of the Jewish people of God, this tremendous symbiotic joy that takes place on this incredibly holy day. And yet we read this tragic story of the two elder sons of Aaron, Nadav and Avihu, who behave in a way which is questionable. And our rabbis have all sorts of opinions. In fact, what was their questionable behavior? Yes, the mystic talked to us about this great moment of spiritual ecstasy. Others speak about the fact that they were in a state of intoxication, of drunkenness. Others speak about the fact that they ruled in front of Moses something which was Again, not acceptable in the eyes of God. Whatever the story was, the fact remains that this great moment, this great day, kind of lost its luster. And this is how the Parsha begins with this terrible story. And we have to understand how does that connect with the idea of Shmini, the idea of eight. More of that soon. This is the Weekly Parsha with Rabbi Mendel Lipska from Chabad of Hyde Park. We're talking about the eighth day. We're talking about We're talking about the eighth dimension. We're talking about the miraculous. We're talking about the divine presence, the revelation of the divine presence. We're talking about a moment in history when all of Israel witnessed the incredible element of God coming down upon this Mishkan, upon this man-made structure in the wilderness and displayed his presence. We're talking about the incredible festivities that took place on that day. And yet, as we spoke earlier on, The festivities are marred by the fact that the two elder sons of Aaron bring a strange fire before God, and unfortunately, God takes their life. What does that mean? But before that, a little word from the marketplace, and this is the way it goes. Jaguar Bryanston wants to fill the E-Pace's generous loading space with as many blankets as we can and take it to people who need it. Please become part of this initiative. Simply bring a new blanket to the High FM offices before 31st May 2018. Jaguar Bryanston will match every donation received. Let's warm this winter for someone who really needs it. Call 011-463-4603 for more information. That's 011-463-4603. We're talking about the idea of how is it possible that on this incredible day, the two elder sons of Aaron, priests, men of great distinction, men of great piety, men of great wisdom, men who achieve tremendous things, the elder sons of Aaron can only imagine the status that they enjoyed and how could they possibly do something which would incur the wrath of God, the anger of God, and bring about this terrible calamity, this terrible tragedy that... 
unfortunately, their lives had to be taken. And as I said before, if we look closely at the words, it says, Eish Zara, they brought a strange fire. And Torah uses their words with tremendous, tremendous precision. What does the strange fire mean? Eish Zara, a fire that was strange, a fire that simply did not belong. Take a look at the rest of the Parsha. The bulk of the rest of the Parsha deals with, again, an interesting concept of laws, and those are the laws of kashrut, which animals you're allowed to eat, which animals you're not allowed to eat, what is kosher, what is non-kosher, what defines kashrut, how do we recognize an animal that's kosher, the Torah speaks about, the fact that it has to have split hooves, the fact that it has to chew its cud. We go through a list of animals that have only one of the two symbols, and we say those aren't kosher, then we talk about the birds, which birds are kosher, which birds are not kosher. And there's no sign, really, we name the particular birds that are in kosher. We speak about fish in the sea. We speak about fish in the water, those that have fins and scales. Those are kosher. Those that don't have fins and scales are not kosher. And we go through this long list of that which is proper, that which is improper, that which is pure, and that which is impure. And we talk about the laws of kosher. And here, too, we must ask the question, what relationship does that list of laws, the list of kashrut, have to do with the eighth day? The eighth day is the otherness. The eighth day is a different dimension altogether. The eighth day is the time that we recognize and celebrate that which is beyond the normal, beyond the natural, beyond the physical almost. We talk about the eighth day, the eighth day when the divine presence is felt and seen. We talk about the eighth dimension, that which is super-rational, the holiest of holy. And this is why, as I said before, within Judaism, we talk about the eighth day as being something which is so important, the eighth day, the festivals, etc., etc., etc. And yet we seem to talk about something which, God forbid, is not mundane. Every single word of Torah is holy and important. Every single word of Torah is infinite. But when we talk about the laws of Kashrut, we're talking about what people should eat and what people shouldn't eat. We're talking about what is proper for a Jewish diet, what is proper for a Jew to eat, and what is not proper. Eating is something which is ordinary. Eating something is physical. It's something which keeps, yes, of course, it does keep soul and body together. But nonetheless, after all, it is a rather simple, natural act that a human being has to go through in order to be nurtured, in order to live. But after all, what does that have to do with the eighth day? What does that have to do with the eighth dimension? What does that have to do with the idea? idea of that which completely beyond the natural order, something which is entirely different. And when we look at it, these two stories seem to be a contradiction as well. One speaks about two great men who made a mistake, who brought a strange fire. There was a moment of spiritual ecstasy. They wanted to go into a different dimension. And then we kind of come down to the idea of the laws of kashrut, what we can eat, what we shouldn't eat, etc., what defines, what describes a kosher animal, what describes a kosher fish, what describes a kosher bird, etc., etc., etc. And you think to yourself, what relationship is there between these two stories? And of course, what connection do both stories have to do with the idea of number eight?
And it's important for us to understand that eight, yes, it does symbolize that which is beyond the miraculous, something which is beyond the natural order. Seven days is the days of creation, which is the natural order, the order that God put into place, an order that is contained by elements of time and space, and each day something else is created, each day something else is brought into being, and God creates a natural order of time, of seasons, of whatever cycle there is in the world. This is what God creates. And then we talk about the eighth day, something which is beyond the order of creation. We think about it, the order of creation is an amazing, miraculous act as well, but nonetheless, as it appears to us, it is the natural way of things. The sun comes up in the morning, it sets at night, the moon appears in a particular sort of way. We can recognize the geography of the skies by the stars that we see. We recognize the physical structure of the world. Again, the seasons, the spaces, the dimensions, and the various directions that this world has. But nonetheless, we come to the eighth day. And the eighth day, although it's altogether different, in a sense, it's connected to the seven. The way that we get to the eighth day is by properly living the seven days correctly. When we go through the natural order properly, when we address the natural order in a correct appropriate manner in a way that God wants us to live within this natural order, then ultimately we are rewarded with the eighth day, with the revelation of divine presence, with the revelation of something which is greater and something which is far more mighty. But it's the eighth day, a different dimension, nonetheless connected to the seventh in a particular sort of way, not as an extension of the seventh, but the seventh becomes the passage, the preparation, the method through through which and by which we are able to come to the eighth day. And this is something which is important for us to understand because, unfortunately, there are those who think that the way you enter into the eighth dimension is by disregarding the seven days of the natural order. You simply, well, just turn your way, just turn away from it. It's something which is not important. It is something which is insignificant in the greater schemes of things. If, in fact, the eighth dimension is the revelation of godliness, if, in fact, the eighth dimension is the idea of the miraculous, something which is super rational, something which enters into the realm of infinity and is not limited by human thought, human condition, human rationale, human reason, if in fact the eighth is something which is beyond all those limitations and restrictions, why not simply discard the seven days and jump into, so to speak, the eighth dimension? But of course, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it happens. That's not the way it could happen. That's not the way it should happen. The way it should happen is we go through the order of the seven days. We go through a life that is based upon concepts of seven rational, reasonable, understanding days when we live a world that we do things correctly within the confines 
of the seven days within the confines of the limitations of the natural order. And these are the seven days of preparation in the temple as well. When the Mishkan was erected for seven days, it was erected, it was dismantled, it was put into being, it was taken away, it was put up and down. Every single day the Kohanim would observe how Moshe would go through the order of the service that had to take place within the temple. There was a systematic behavior of seven days, doing things correctly, precisely according to the instruction, according to the will of God. This is something which happened for seven days, and then they were blessed with the ultimate gift of the eighth day. They were blessed with a situation where the divine fire comes down and lights up spiritually the entire construction of the temple and, in fact, the entire relationship between Israel and the Jewish people. God and the Jewish people. It is something which was a phenomenal reward to an overwhelming effort as a result of the Jewish people doing something correctly within the ordered structure of the world. They are rewarded with the eighth dimension. And this was the mistake of the sons of Aaron Nadav and Avihu, when they brought a strange fire. Why was it a strange fire? It was a fire. It was entering into the eighth dimension without the proper procedure of preparing oneself, going through the seven days correctly, without preparing oneself within this physical world. Their souls simply expired. Their souls left their body. And it's the body which is the vessel for the soul. The soul without the body cannot function properly. Yes, the soul is infinite. The soul is beyond any type of description. The body is limited. It's limited in time. It's limited in space. It's limited in energy. It's limited in power. It's limited on all its levels, its garments, its understanding, its intellectual dimension, as great as it is, is limited nonetheless. But still, this physical body, a creation of God, becomes the vessel, becomes the keli, which contains and receives the soul through which the soul is able to function and do whatever it has to do. You can only appreciate the eighth days when you have perfected the seven days, when your body has become so pure and so developed that it's able to purely reflect the idea of the eighth dimension, the soul. That's the proper procedure. What happened with the sons of Aaron? The sons of Aaron disregard, disregarded the physical. They discarded it. They took no notice. They simply entered into the world of their neshama, into the world of spirituality, into the world of pure holiness without giving proper effort, regard, and time to the importance of the body as well. And as we go through the Parsha, this idea continues with the story of Kashrut. What is the story of Kashrut? How we eat, how we function in the physical world. This animal is kosher. This animal, when you eat it, its energy that it will give you, the nutrition that it will give you is something which will elevate you. It will give you strength. It will give you power. You eat this animal, which is non-kosher, and you will end up in a situation where you will feel contaminated. And if you don't feel contaminated, that's the biggest contamination of all. You don't realize what is causing this tremendous restriction and limitation, which fish are kosher, not all seafood, only fish, only fish that have fins and scales, which birds are kosher. The Torah takes tremendous time 
to outline in detail which birds are not kosher because what we eat becomes part of ourselves. And this body that is nurtured by the physical food ultimately becomes, as I said before, the keli, the vessel for the soul. And the soul cannot function properly in a body that hasn't been fed properly. Working within the physical dimension, working within the physical realm, these are the things that the body has to understand. This is what this Parsha is all about. This Parsha is telling us, on the one hand, don't make the mistake of the two elder sons of Aaron who simply expired in the moment of spiritual ecstasy by having brought a strange fire, the eighth dimension, without the preparation of the seven similarly how you function within this physical world how you eat what you eat which animals are proper which animals are improper you have to understand that is the way that is the method through which we are able to enter the eighth dimension more of that soon this is the weekly parsha with rabbi mendel lipska from chabad of high park We're talking about the eighth dimension. We're talking about the miraculous becoming visible. We're talking about a world that is transformed. We're talking about a situation where people recognize the presence of God, actually witness the divine fire coming down upon the temple. We're talking about a world that changes from ordinary into extraordinary. We're talking about a world that changes from the natural to the miraculous. We're talking about the eighth day. And we're talking about the eighth day can be achieved only through actually living the first seven days correctly within the confines of the seven days, within the restrictions and limitations of the seven days, when we live that life correctly, then we are gifted, we are rewarded by giving us the incredible dimension of the eighth. And this was the great mistake of the sons of Aaron. They brought a strange fire. Strange because it was not what God told us to do. He said, there is a preparation. There is something that you have to do within the physical realms in order to receive the eighth day. They wanted to enter the eighth day instantly, immediately, by disregarding the physical, by disregarding the seven days, by disregarding the ordinary, the natural, Natural. And this is why God had to take them away. And this is why this great day, this great day was marred by this tragedy, because in order to underscore, to show the people that although what we are celebrating today is the eighth day, the divine revelation, the divine fire that came down upon the altar, nonetheless, the way that you come to this point is by fulfilling the restrictions and laws and limitations of the seven days correctly, and this is why the second part of the Parsha deals with the laws of Kashrut. It deals with how we eat, how we keep body and soul together within the physical realm. Yes, by eating kosher, we are able to take that energy and use our bodies correctly in a way that reflects God's will, and ultimately it becomes the vehicle through which the soul functions properly and correctly and joyously. It functions in a healthy sort of way, God forbid, when we allow the body to be contaminated by something which is not kosher, something which is improper, something which is not consistent with the diet of the Jewish people, then of course it becomes a blockage. It doesn't allow for the divine presence to be felt, for the soul to be revealed, for the eighth dimension to become a reality. And of course, this is what the great challenge of life is all about, the ability to live correctly with 
in the challenges of the physical world and anticipate the great reward that is to come. And this is what our sages tell us with the coming of Mashiach, please God. This is when the eighth dimension will have been completely and totally revealed. This is the purpose of exile. The purpose of exile is not, God forbid, a punishment. It's not something which God wants to in any way limit power and strength and joy of the Jewish people, but it's the way of preparing the world so that it becomes a pure vessel for the presence of Mashiach when the world will enter into the miraculous dimension our eyes will open. We will see things differently. As we look at the world today, what do we see? We see the natural order. We see the cycles of the natural order within time, within space, within all the physical dimensions of this incredible world that God brought into being. But we don't necessarily see the hand of God. We see the natural order. This is how people think. This is how people relate to the world. This is the way it works, they say. This is an extension of natural law, the laws of physics, laws of chemistry, etc., etc. When Mashiach comes, our eyes will be opened. We will see the miracle of every single sunrise. We will see the miracle of every blade of grass that grows. We will see the miracle of the existence of every atom, of every molecule. Our eyes will be filled with divine light, divine fire. will enter into our senses, and what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we smell, whatever we do, they will be vehicles through which we sense the presence of God in the most revealed and powerful way. What a time. What a time of great revelation. What a time of great openness. What a time of great miracle where the natural itself will ultimately reveal the incredible miracle that is at its source. Our eyes will open wide, wide in the metaphorical sense that we see things in the truest possible way. This is the idea of Mashiach. But there is a road to Mashiach, and we have to prepare. And the way that we prepare that road, that way that we prepare that journey toward Mashiach, may he come speedily in our time, is by behaving correctly within the physical realm, by doing that which is correct in the ordinary sense, fulfilling the so-called minutiae of Torah law. Yes, this animal is kosher, this animal is not kosher. Does this animal have both signs that has had split hooves and chew its cud, then it's kosher. If it has only one sign, it's not. If it has neither, of course it's not. Does this fish have fins and scales? It's not just another piece of food. It's a food that becomes part and parcel of our complete and total reality. It's something which becomes part of our personality. It becomes something which enables our bodies to become revealed vessels that are able to somehow allow the incredible power of our souls to shine through and this is what this parsha is all about. And it was the seventh day. What happened on the seventh day? On the eighth day? What happened on the eighth day is some people behaved incorrectly. And how do they behave incorrectly? They try to enter the eighth dimension without going through the process of the seven. 
and how do we prepare correctly the laws of Kashrut toward the end. This is what tells us how we can ultimately see and feel the presence of godliness in the Messianic era. And this is something which is so important for all of us to understand. So when you are in shul tomorrow, Listen carefully to this parsha. Listen to its opening sentence. It was the eighth day. The divine fire, the divine revelation came down. All of Israel recognized and witnessed the presence of God. They sang. They were joyous. But there was a mistake. There were those, yes, men of great stature who wanted to disregard the physical and deal only with the spiritual. God did not create souls only. He created souls that function through bodies. And then we talk about the idea of kashrut, the details of life within the natural order. Listen to that story and listen to that story well. Listen to the laws and listen to those laws well, not only as a story, but as an ongoing lesson in life, something that we do, something that touches us, something that uplifts us, something that inspires us to do the right thing within the physical world. Listen to the Parsha correctly. Good job.